Welcome to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. We welcome you to come and join us as we explore the Word of God to open up new levels of glory for every believer to come in closer to the Father. Join Apostle Calvin as he shares the Word of God as the Lord Jesus has revealed it unto him to share with the body of Christ. Calvin Brown of Christ Be Glorified Ministries, and welcome to another broadcast centered around the kingdom of God. Amen. The the kingdom of God perspective. Uh, We speak this practically every time. So um, those who keep up with this ministry, you, you have an idea of what I mean by the kingdom of God. But as this message unfolds, um, we will look at another facet, another page in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We will continue to progress in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God. You, you should enter the kingdom. You should live in the kingdom. You should walk in the kingdom. Amen. And so that's, that's what we preach and teach. So today we want to start at 2 Peter chapter 3. Verses 10 through 13, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. It says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in them will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? I want to stop there for a second just to kind of frame everything. It says that eventually one day the earth and everything that's in the earth and even the the starry heavens that they will burn up with fervent heat. There will be a great noise in fervent heat. So the things that are natural, even the biggest things that you can see that are natural, will burn up. Amen. And since that which is natural will burn up, the Apostle Peter is saying, what manner of persons ought we to be in godliness and holy conduct. In other words, getting you to consider, getting you to think, getting you to ponder. Amen. What type of persons should we be if that which is seen naturally shall shall burn up? Amen. It shall be no more. Then the focus should be on the eternal realm, eternal life, The eternal realm, the spiritual realm, has the greatest weightiness in our life. And that if we would pursue things from that kingdom perspective, when we're talking about eternity, we're talking about the kingdom of God. Amen. If we pursue things from that eternal perspective, it would be different of pursuing things from the natural perspective. Amen. You have the knowledge. 
amen, that everything that you see will eventually burn up, amen. It says, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Amen. And so, like I said, it is, it is perspective. Amen. That the Lord is getting us somewhere, amen, that when he gave us eternal life, when he gave us the, the gift of righteousness, he gave us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to comprehend from a kingdom perspective, amen. And yet Jesus would say, he that hath ears, let him hear. The ones who have, more shall be given. The ones who don't have, even which they think that they have shall be taken away, amen. And so the things of the kingdom of God are for those who are serious about the kingdom of God. In other words, you, you must be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The Bible talks about that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. We, shall be, we should be continually coming to the knowledge of the truth, the increase of the truth, the revelation of the kingdom of God, amen. Not being slack, not looking back like Lot's wife, but always progressing in the truth. When God reveals his truth, we stake our claim in that truth and take another step, amen. And so God reveals more of his truth we stake our claim to that truth and we move on and we take another step. Amen. The ability to see, the ability to know and to perceive according to righteousness. Amen. Because the, the manifestation, everything with God is about revelation. Even it, manifestation, everything with God is about things being manifested. Amen. Your healing being manifested, amen, though the word of God says that you are healed to bring you to that revelation, amen, where you are assured in your heart and assured in your mind that God's word is, is true, amen. So the manifestation of the revelation, the manifestation, amen, of the revealed will of of God. Amen. That's what you're called unto. Amen. And so we'll get to the point where there's a new heaven and a new earth in which dwelleth righteousness. What do we do unto then? We walk in the revelation of righteousness. Amen. Against all that which is a contradiction unto God's righteousness. We give no place to the devil. We give no place to lies. We give no place to that contradiction to the word of God. Amen. So we're getting somewhere, new heaven, new earth. Amen. In which dwelleth righteousness. What do we do now? Amen. We live according to the kingdom of God in truth and in, in righteousness. Amen. Revelations chapter 2. The book of Revelations, chapter 2. 
verse 23. Amen. Amen. This is the church in Thyatira. Amen. Hallelujah. Revelations. Chapter 2. And verse 23. It says, And I will kill her children with death. This is Jesus speaking to the church at Thyatira about allowing the Jezebel spirit into the church. Amen. You allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to seduce my children. Amen. You allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to seduce my children. And so he says, I will kill her children with death and all that all and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts and will give to each one of you according to your works. So Jesus said, the churches will know when I kill her children that the church has allowed Jezebel. You know what Jezebel is? Jezebel is the uncovered woman which means she is a woman that is not submitted to God's authority. Amen. You say, well, she was married to Ahab. Amen. And so a lot of women say that. They say, I'm, su I'm submitted to my husband. And yet they have the spirit of Jezebel. What did Jezebel do? She took Ahab's signet ring, which represented his authority, which he's supposed to have authority from God. And so she killed the prophets she foment, she she started up Baal worship to replace the worship of God so that even the people of God participated in Baal worship. Amen. So sexual immorality, which is fornication, she she teaches sexual immorality, fornication. Amen. And to eat things sacrificed to idols. In other words, to pay homage to the demonic realm. That's what idols is. When you worship an idol, you're worshiping devils. Amen. And so she would get the church to participate in the worship of idols, which is giving place to the devil in the church. She has all the appearance, amen, that she's doing things. She's caused herself a prophetess. Amen. And so Jesus said that he would kill her children with death. In other words, she's producing those followers. Amen. And so this is a warning from Jesus that the church needs to repent from the spirit of Jezebel. Amen. The woman is supposed to be subject to her husband and subject to spiritual authority and not to co-opt that authority to try to get her way to be seen as a prophetess. But Jesus says that the church may know. He, he's going to show the church when he kills her children with death so that the church can see that he's the one that searches the minds and the heart. Amen. And so that's really what this message is about. 
that Jesus searching the minds and the heart and we ourselves being able to know what's in our minds and what is in our heart so that we can walk together with the Lord and agree. The thing about the mind is that things can operate in a subconscious level. If you're not used to walking with God, the Holy Spirit continually purging you as, as part of the process of fellowship with the Lord. A, a, people say, you, you're, you, that's sin consciousness. No, it is, it is love consciousness. You say you love the Lord, well, the Holy Spirit is there to burn in you love. Amen. To burn in you passion for the Lord, to show you what is right and what is wrong, to help you to choose what is right. So Jesus searches the hearts and the minds, and he renders to everyone according to their deeds or according to their work. Amen. And so you're either with the Lord or you're not with him. You're either in agreement with the Lord or, or you are not. Amen. Now, let me say a thing about being in agreement with the Lord. It is the spirit and the letter. It is the spirit and the letter. People say that they are stickler for the word, and yet they do not flow with his Holy Spirit. But they are quick to throw out word to you, but they do not have the spirit of Christ. Amen. And so that's what we teach. We, we, we labor to get people to their hearts. Amen. To get them to know the difference. Amen. Thoughts of themselves Thoughts of the devil, thoughts of the world, or thoughts of the Lord. My ways are not your ways, said the Lord. Neither my thoughts, your thoughts. As higher as heaven is from the earth. Or my ways from your ways and your thoughts from, from my thoughts. Amen. And so, naturally speaking, you're not going to get to the thoughts of God unless you lay something down. Lay down your thoughts. Lay down your, your ways. Amen. Which means... To, to change, it, it is to repent, to receive purging and cleansing. So the ways of the world try to affect you and, and influence you. You say, I am who I am. People say, I'm going to do me, you do you. I'm not going to let anybody mess with my personality. And yet there is a thing called God's ways. Yes. Amen. And there is a thing called God's thoughts. Yes. Amen. And so what we as apostles, God has called us to do is to help people to locate their heart and to have strength to repent. People don't know how to repent. They, they don't receive the strength of God to be purged. They don't receive the strength of God to be cleansed. Amen. That's what repentance is. Renouncing the old way. You don't know everything that God knows. So by you would have to repent. The fact that you do not know everything that God knows, when God reveals his truth to you, evidently you will receive new knowledge, revelation knowledge. You increase in light, amen. Light is progressive, it keeps going. You increase in the light, amen. So it is, it is a way of repentance, not being beat up by the devil, but convicted by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gladly receiving the truth of God. Gladly receiving 
the word of God. So Jesus says he searches the minds and the hearts. Amen. So he tells this church, amen, Thyatira, because I searched the minds and the heart, you did some things, amen, but you allowed that woman Jezebel calls herself a prophetess. Amen. So they did, evidently did not know that because they were not walking in the truth or else they had refused that truth. And so Jesus, because he loves, he inspects the church. Jesus now is inspecting the church to give them his word. Amen. Men running around speaking their word. Did you know that you can tickle people's fancy? Amen. You can tickle their ears. Amen. You can keep giving them things. Amen. But never come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. You can keep saying things that and you say what I'm saying is the truth. And yet it is. Woo. Holy Ghost. It is not the message that the church needs at that time. Did you know that the church needs certain words, certain truths from the Lord that the Lord knows? Amen. That's why we must be submitted to the Lord. Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, chapter 17. And verse 3, it says, The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. Amen. So you will be tested by the Lord in your heart. Amen. And so there's a clue here. It says, as the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. Amen. So it's talking about heat. You will be tested by fire. You will be tested by heat. What does the refining pot? It removes impurities from the silver, the dross. Amen. Impurities from the silver. That that heat, that, that several times of normal heat. Amen. It will remove the impurities or from the gold, you know, alloys and things of that nature. So what is the purpose? To bring forth pure silver and to bring forth pure gold. Amen. So the same way as the heat removes the impurities from silver and the impurities from gold, the Lord is a fire, amen, which will purify the heart. So the silver is purified by heat and the gold is purified by heat to remove that which is not true. Amen. True gold versus a mixture. True silver versus a mixture. Amen. The value is seen in its purity. Amen. Your value to the Lord is in your purity. Amen. The Bible says that God has sanctified or separated unto himself he that is godly. Amen. So God sanctifies, God purifies, just like the heat, the work of the refining pot is to purify. That's the work. That's the reason we put the silver in the refining pot. The work of the furnace is to purify. That's why we put the gold in the furnace. So the work of the Lord, the heat 
of the Lord is to purify you. It is a, it is a continuous work, amen. Not being purified is not an option. You, you know, this, this new type of Christian, I do what I want when I want, is not what the Bible teaches, amen. That God ain't looking at these little sins, that, that you call them sin, I don't call them sin. God ain't looking at these, these little things that, that I do because of grace the Lord has um, saved me, amen. And he's removed my sins, they say, past, present, and future, amen. And yet Jesus, why would Jesus say that I search the minds and the heart and you need to repent or these things will happen to you if you do not repent, amen. Those things that, that go along with the, 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 the unbeliever, those things that go along with the disobedient, amen. Why? Because you're not called to that. Your, your nature is one that you're made in the image of God. The Bible says that there's no evil with the Lord, nor can he be tempted with evil, amen. And so you have to be tested. You have to be tried by the fire of the Lord, amen. You know, there's two types of fire. The fires of adversity, experiences, but the Lord says, I will be with you in trouble, but also those who pursue the Lord. You know, it takes a heart to pursue God. You understand what I mean by that? It takes a certain heart. If you say, Lord, I love you with all my heart, then the Lord says, do you? <laughs> Peter said, I'll never deny you. Jesus says, yes, you will. <laughs> Amen. He's helping Peter by giving him some information about what's in his heart. <laughs> Amen. And so you're not used to examining what's, what's in your heart. Amen. Examining your ways. Amen. Consider your ways, says the Lord. Amen. Your ways. Do they line up with, with his ways? Amen. The more that you are melded with the Lord, the more that you are one with him, the more you receive his fire. That, that second fire, I didn't say that, is that, that fire of intimacy. Amen. The Lord says that he is a consuming fire. Now, that means two different things depending on the posture of your heart. Amen. If you were a wicked person and you heard the Lord says that I am a consuming fire, you're in big trouble. Amen. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. But if you are someone who say, oh, I love you, Lord, and the Lord says I'm a consuming fire, then that is a good thing because he's going to bring you up higher. Amen. He's going to bring you closer to you. Amen. The Bible says, can a man take fire into his bosom? And his clothing not be burned. Clothing is what you're covered with. Clothing is what people see. Amen. If your clothing is that which is of the world, if you take the fire of the Holy Spirit into your bosom, it will burn up those worldly clothing and replace it with garments of righteousness. Amen. And so that we're trying to get people to think differently. Amen. We preach, we labor. People say, I already know, I already know. No, you don't already know. Amen. It is, it is a heart work. You don't have to do it. 
and people looking at you that that they don't have they don't make you do it. Amen. And, and then you can present things to people. You can say, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. I'm one of you. And yet your heart is like what Jesus said, that sepulcher, whitewashed sepulcher on the outside, yet inside full of dead men's bones. Amen. And that's up to you. See, it's, it's up to you how far you want to go with God. Yet some people think drawing near to God is optional. Amen. And yet the Lord saved you. Amen. He redeemed you. Amen. Read the book of Hosea. Amen. That they bought back Gomer, who was unfaithful. Amen. To be an example. Amen. Marry this woman. Amen. This woman who is a harlot. That means that her lifestyle is unfaithful to marriage. Amen. To show the people how unfaithful they have been to me, says the Lord. And so this is what the Lord wants. He wants this more than anything. People say, I'm going to do exploits for God. Yet you have to get your heart right first. Amen. You enter into even ministry. Your heart is not right. And it is a bad testimony. You do some things which would be a bad testimony. You lust after some things which would be a bad testimony unto the Lord. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 12. Hallelujah. What we were talking about, the Lord is a consuming fire. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 28 and 29. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of the things that are being shaken as of things that are made, physical, natural, so that the things which cannot be shaken shall remain the eternal things. Amen. Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, that again is part of that eternal realm, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably, with reverence and godly fear. So that is behavior. For our God is a consuming fire. Amen. And so you allow the Lord to burn up everything which is not of him. The more you are in the world, the, the, the more stuff that needs to be burned, especially thought processes, habits. Amen. What you esteem. Amen. As something good. Amen. And so you, God is a consuming fire, so you, you allow, you come close to God. You give him sacrifice of your life, amen. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So you give God your life, amen. So everything means something, deep, deep, deep. Everything, you're not a surface Christian, and the word is not surface unto you, amen. So you give the Lord your life and he begins to work on you. Amen. He shows you those things which are of the kingdom of the world, which are in actuality against him. Because you love the Lord, you don't want to be against him. So you lay those things down as a sacrifice. Amen. Even things which people can't see, even things which people may not know. This is what I'm talking about, intimacy. That it is 
It is not determined on whether people see it or know it. It is within the confines of the heart, in the confines of the mind. Amen. The mind is a part of the soul. So within the confines, that if you want to change, you give yourself to God. He's a consuming fire. Amen. That word consuming, it means it does not let up. Amen. So your relationship with the Lord, the fire never stops. Amen. And you, you, you will allow the Lord's fire to burn. Amen. Till he gets you to heaven. You will not live a sinful life if you are in if fellowshipping in the light. The Bible says, if you say you're in the light, yet you sin, you're a liar. Truth is not in you. That's what it's talking about. The light in the fire, amen, of God. If you're walking in that light, you allow him to burn up the sin. Jesus has already taken care of the sin. That most Christians get that part. That's how they got saved. But your life is one which is lived unto God. That's where the passion of the fire God comes into your life. You say you love the Lord. And so the Lord will hold you to that because your heart and your mouth are supposed to be consistent. Amen. That's what faith is. Out of the, the, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. The, 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 the Bible says that you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Amen. You believe with your heart. Amen. Unto righteousness, that righteous state, that purified state. And you confess with your mouth. Amen. That not double-minded. Every, everything is true in your heart that your mouth speaks. Amen. And that is your faith. Amen. That's how you believe God. But God is not just a book or in a book. God is the, the supreme Lord God. Amen. The ultimate being, so to speak, that we came out of. Amen. And so you have to be just like the, the moon is in orbit to the earth. Amen. And that the earth is in orbit to the sun. You have to be a part of God. Amen. You have to be a part of his sphere, his influence, his life. The Bible says that eternity is on the inside of you. Amen. That that eternal life is inside of you. Well, the, to God, eternal life is not sinning. Eternal life, what is sinning? Sinning is giving credence and weight to the natural realm. Lust and desires and appetites. Amen. Lust, desires, appetite, or captivity. You know, you don't want to do it, but you're held captive by the devil. Well, that is not the life that God has for you. He has eternal life for you to be free. Amen. If you continue my words, then are you my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. So consuming fire, God does not let up. His light and his fire is continuous to keep you in the truth. Amen. And so this is what I'm trying to get to, that you're supposed to be true. Amen. You are true, and you have truth on the inside of you. 
That is the real you that God created. True. Amen. And so allegiance to God is allegiance, allegiance to the truth. <laughs> Amen. And so Christians play games. Amen. I'm trying to penetrate the hearts of us all. Amen. So that this, this Lord, whatever, this veneer, hallelujah, that would not be upon us where we trust in our own righteousness, yet we are not walking in accordance to day by day, 24-7, second by second truth that comes out of revelation from the Lord. Amen. That people, they crave revelation will be true <laughs> to God and he will reveal himself unto you. The Bible says to be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Amen. So truth, God requires truth. In Psalms, the book of Psalms, holy ghost, he is, he is here now. I, I, I feel the fire of God on the inside of me. I feel the witness of God. He, he is surging in me as I speak his words. I, I feel that confirmation of God. Amen. That truth within me. Amen. In Psalms chapter 51, verses 4, and then verse 6. This is um, the Psalm of David that he penned after um, it was revealed unto him that he has sinned. In other words, um, that he took Uriah's wife and he killed Uriah, Bathsheba. He took Bathsheba, who, who was another man's wife, and he commanded his general to put him on the, the front line, amen, where it was the heaviest battle Amen. Because because he had went into Uriah's wife. Amen. And that she was with child. Amen. And so he's going along like ain't nothing happened. Amen. I wish I had time to turn to it. But Nathan, the prophet, told a parable. He says, two men. One had one wee little lamb, a ewe lamb, that... They kept as a member of the household, lived in the house. They ate with the family, amen, took care. And one man was rich, and he had many, many sheep, amen, cattle and all those things. And so a visitor came to this rich man. And so instead of taking from his vast resources to feed that visitor, that he killed that ewe lamb. He took that ewe lamb from that man that family where the lamb was a part of the house. And David was incensed. He says, that man ought not to live. <laughs> Amen. That man needs to die. And Nathan said, you the man. <laughs> Amen. He told that parable to, to help David see his heart. And of course, David was a man after God's own heart. He was smitten in his heart and he repented. And so he, he wrote this Psalms 51 out of his heart. Amen. He says, against you, you only have I sinned. That's verse four. 
and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. So the, the righteousness, the holiness of God does not change, amen, even if we fail of his righteousness and his holiness, but it is important for us to repent when we come short of the righteousness and the holiness of the Lord. Amen. So, so I cannot hold on to sin and say, I'm right. That would make God look like he was a liar. Amen. I could not hold on to sin and, and shortcomings, even lusting after wrong things and coveting, you know, after monies and things of that nature, coveting after, you know, somebody's wife or somebody else or whatever, you say, you know, it don't, it don't hurt to think. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> Holy Ghost. The Bible says to cast down every thought and argument and reasoning and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of the Lord. Some old, old fool said it don't hurt to look. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> Man. Jesus says, when you have lusted, you, when you have looked and lusted, you have already committed the act of adultery. Amen. So David is repenting unto the Lord when the knowledge of the truth, amen, came into his heart. He responded to the knowledge of the truth. And then in verse six, it says, behold, you desire truth. In the inward parts and in the hidden part, you make me to know wisdom. You don't know wisdom. If you're not doing God's ways, amen, you're not walking in his wisdom, amen. You're walking in the wisdom of the world, which is the wisdom of the devil. So the Lord will graciously teach you his ways, which are different from your ways again, which means that you would have to fall upon the stone and be broken. You would have to repent. You would have to renounce the old way. You would, you would have to let go of that. That you, the Christians have to engage God. I tell my children this all the time. You have to speak unto the Lord as if he is there because he is. Amen. You cannot say, well, the Lord knows my heart. And you cannot just think it. Amen. There's something about showing the, the, the angelic realm and the demonic realm where you stand. Amen. And so you say, David said, Lord, it was against you only that I have sin. Amen. I got nothing to do with this sin. I'm letting it go. Lord, purge me and cleanse me. Amen. From, from this sin. Amen. The Bible says give no place to the devil. The, 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 the Bible talks about submit yourself to God and, and that resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. And so you have to Speak, devil, I have nothing to do with that thought. I have nothing to do with that. Amen. And even if you have slipped up, that's God will purge you and cleanse you. Say 1 John 1, 9, if anyone sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness between you and the Lord. The devil, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but the devil is dirty. 
You, you, you can't spend time with, you have to keep the devil under your feet. You, you cannot be engaging the devil because he is defiling. You know, you can't, you can't be having these, these thoughts with the devil or, or conversations and things like that because he can, he can corrupt the mind. He can dirty you up. <laughs> Man. And so your life is unto the Lord. That's what I'm trying to say. Your life is not world here and then the Lord, world, then the Lord. You, you're at the Lord's table. You're at the king's table. Amen. And his honored guests, you're supposed to be honored guests, are invited to the king's table. Amen. And so you are not plotting against the king while you're sitting at his table. And yet if you refuse his ways, you are against him. Amen. You're plotting against the king. So the Lord, he desires truth in the inward part. So you, what the Lord desires from you is to be true with him, to be truthful and to regard the truth. Amen. That the Lord wants you to know what's in your heart, what's in your mind, and then you need to submit according to the truth of what's in your heart and what's in your mind. Amen. When he speaks of the heart, he's speaking of the spirit or the inner man. When he says the inner parts, it's talking about the inner man. That's who you are. I started this thing by saying that that which was natural will burn up and that your focus is supposed to be on the eternal. Your, your spirit and your soul will abide forever, either in heaven or in hell. We are called to eternal life in heaven. That's what eternal life is. It will get you to heaven. Your heart in this earth will fit perfectly in heaven if you let the Holy Ghost deal with you, amen, that he's the one that will keep you. He is the surety, the guarantee to get you to heaven, that you belong in heaven, that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life in Hebrews chapter 4. I'm actually trying to get somewhere, amen. As always, we lay a foundation, Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 11 through 13, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience, talking about the children of Israel that did not enter into the promised land because of disobedience. For the word of God is a living is living and powerful. The King James says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. You know, several times, Jesus is referred to as the word. So this is another example where Jesus is referred to the, the word. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any judges. So we're dividing asunder soul and spirit in joints and marrow. So that you can go along in your soul, that is your mind, and not know what's in your heart. 
but it is the word of God, which is a, as a two-edged sword, it is a separator, it is a divider. What does the, the sword does? It divides that which is of the kingdom of God from that which is of the kingdom of the world, which is the kingdom of Satan, amen. So the sword divides, amen, and it begins with you. The sword of God makes division, makes separation. It separates you from the world, from the ways of the world, from the thoughts of the world, amen, because it is alive, it is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it will discern, it will help you discern the thoughts and intents of the heart, amen. It will show you what are the thoughts and intents of the heart. God knows and he will show it to you because nothing is hidden from the sword. Nothing is hidden from the word, amen. That living word, everything is open. Everything is bare unto whom we have to give an account. So we, we have to give an account. It is better to give an account to God now, continuously, progressively in fellowship, amen, to deal with the purposes and the intents of our heart. What do I mean? Just quick example. Someone can stand upon a platform and present a, a check to a charity, a big old cardboard printed out check, amen, and yet they are doing it for the appearance of man. They're doing it before men. So somebody says, oh, I did a good thing. But the purposes and intents of your heart were not according to the kingdom. It was not right. And so the word of God can show that. Amen. I heard somebody say that. I heard a minister say that, that, that she had given and she was reveling in it, that she was rolling all over her bed, thinking about what a good person that she was, that she had given to some cause. And she said, the Lord immediately stopped her. Amen. Convicted her and showed her that her heart was not right. You do things for several motives. You can you, you can throw out information. You, 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 you can you can be nosy. Amen. And you can speak to people in a certain way, but you're actually being nosy. You don't care anything about that. You're trying to get information that you can go back and tell somebody. Amen. So the purpose is an intent of the heart that the sword, amen, the sword of God will, will show you that and separate you from that, amen. And so I'm dealing with people who want to mature, who want to change, amen, who wants the fire of God, amen. People crying out for revival, that you got to let the fire of God get a hold of you. That means the contents of the heart must be dealt with. Amen. And the sword, I'll show you, it is, it is the sword of the spirit. It is for you first. Amen. So the, God, the sword of God represents the strength, the power of God. Hallelujah. It, it represents the results, getting the results of his kingdom, amen. It is, it is bringing forth the victories of the kingdom of God. So the sword of God brings forth the victories of the kingdom of God, amen. 
And so the, the sword begins with us. Amen. Before we talk about, you know, that I am, you know, someone who, who, who in prayer, man, I, I deal with the devil. Well, do you deal with your heart? Amen. Holy Ghost. That is what the Lord wants me to tell you. Amen. How are you going to deal with the devil if you hadn't dealt with you? Amen. Because you don't even know what's in you. The devil can manipulate everything that is in you. Amen. If you don't know what's in you. Amen. So the sword is for you first. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. The book of Ephesians chapter 6. Beginning with verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Starting with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, again, the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So it's dealing with all the armor of God, but also the armament of God. It says to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the the sword of the spirit is part of the armament of the Lord. It is active. It is, it is proactive. Amen. And so the, the, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Amen. So it is the sword which is used or wielded by the spirit. And praying always with all prayer, supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication uh, for the saints. Amen. And so it, it speaks of prayer, but it says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. So the sword is the weapon of the kingdom of God. Amen. Jesus, before he went to the cross, he asked, you know, do you have any swords? And then Peter says, we, we have these swords. He's, Jesus says, it is, it is enough. Amen. But Jesus was speaking not about natural sword. The Bible says he that lives by the sword shall die by the sword. But it's talking about the sword of the spirit. Amen. Which is that word of God, which is able to divide what's in your heart, what's in your soul. Also, I didn't even touch on that in joints and marrow. It is, it is able to determine what is ailing you and to bring healing and deliverance in your in your body you know we don't know everything we pray for many people for for their health and for their for their healing amen we don't know everything but the lord does amen and so whatever however that ailment got there i'm not accusing anybody anything i'm just saying that it's not supposed to be there god knows he's able to separate joints from the marrow. Amen. In St. John chapter 14, 
and verse 30. He says, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. King James says, the prince of this world, speaking of the devil, amen, that Jesus destroyed the devil, but he had to walk in righteousness, amen. He was born as a man under the law, born to a woman, born under the law. So where Adam missed it, Jesus was able. The Bible says he was without sin. The devil had nothing of himself in Jesus. That's what I'm saying. You may think that the little shortcomings and weaknesses are cute. You know, that the, your anger or whatever it is, you know, you say it is part of your personality. Well, the, the anger, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness which is of the Lord. And the Bible says be angry and sin not. It's not talking about human anger, natural anger. It's talking about the zeal of the Lord of hosts, which is a work of the Spirit. You cannot work it up. It is, it is a work of the Holy Ghost that you being angry about the things that God is angry about. You cannot even trust your anger. <laughs> Amen. And so it's, it's the anger is the zeal of the Lord of, of, of hosts. Amen. So the devil had nothing in Jesus. That's why Jesus defeated him. Amen. And so we must have nothing of the devil in us. Amen. In Luke chapter 11, I'm going over these very quickly because I'm going to try to get in as much as I can. Luke chapter 11 verses 34 through 36. It says, The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye is single or good, your whole body shall be full of light. But when your eye is bad or evil, your whole body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. The light is what we see by so take heed that what we see by is not darkness or, or it does not comport, conform to the word of God. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you the light. And so it is speaking of the light of Jesus, the true light, that you operate by the true light of Jesus but I was drawn to that phrase, having no part darkness. So what I'm trying to say is that you can have a part darkness and think that you're walking in the light. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So what the fellowship, the fire of God does is it pushes out any thought, any process. You know, even dealing with the future, the, that you may be in a predicament now that is not good for you in the future. You may think you're in a good place, but God sees ahead. And so that he deals with you, he deals with you according to the light, amen. And then Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, Verses 34 through 39. Jesus says, Do not think that I came 
to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I come to set man against his father and daughter, against her mother and daughter-in-law, against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those in his own household. He who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So Jesus, I didn't come to send peace, but war, a, a sword. He came. What, what is the sword? The sword fights for the kingdom of God. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, fights for the kingdom of God. How is something subdued in the kingdom? Amen. Bringing it into a righteous state. So it's talking about that he brings a sword to a household. Somebody may be saved. Well, that those who are not saved, they are against the one who is saved. Amen. And so the, the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So that person which is saved can sanctify that household, can, can, can preach the gospel, speak the gospel, so to speak, can testify to bring that household to salvation, can claim the promises of God. So where there was war, <laughs> amen, that the sword is able to bring peace when everyone is on the Lord's side, when everyone is in the kingdom, the kingdom of God. The people who are not in the kingdom are against the kingdom of God. I can show you that in the, in the word. Amen. In Exodus. Amen. This is the last one. Exodus. Exodus chapter 32, verses 25 through 28. Now, when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them, to their shame among the, their enemies. Then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, whoever's on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves to him. And he said to them, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from the entrance to entrance throughout the camp. And let every man kill his brother, every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. Amen. So this is the reference where Jesus says, I did not come to bring peace, to send peace, but a sword. This is the sword. He says, you have to love me more than mother, brother, father, sister. Amen. More than relative. Why? Because those that are not on the Lord's side are against the Lord. Jesus says that if you're not with me, you are against me. If you don't gather 
with me, then you are scattering, whether it looks like it or not, from an eternal perspective. That's why so many people are against the Lord, yet people get along with their families. I'm not telling you not to get along with your family. What I'm saying is that many are against the Lord. Amen. And so the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, has to work righteousness, conquering that which is of the devil's kingdom by getting people saved, getting people healed, getting people delivered. Amen. The sword of the Spirit. And so this is the Levites were consecrated that day. They were set apart that day. God looked on that. Now, I can show you in other scriptures where God looked on that. He says, this day they, they are consecrated unto me. They could be trusted, amen, because they love God more than anything else. And so they were called to minister unto the Lord and to the people. They were called, amen, to be the, the Levites, amen. The Levitical priesthood was, was formed with the people who were loyal unto God. Amen. So what's what's in your heart? The, the sword of the spirit reveals what's in your heart and it severs. Amen. That which is against God. Amen. It severs it from you. It divides it. It separates. Amen. It pricks the heart. Amen. It shows you where you are. Amen. And your response to the sword of the spirit. If I had time, I would show you it will either be to repent, amen, to be on the Lord's side, or to rail and gnash against it, to, to be activated by the devil against the kingdom of God. When, it, when, the, when the sword works, it will penetrate, amen. It is, it is that living word, amen, that it is sharper, it is quick and powerful than any two-edged sword. Amen. So it will it will penetrate. And when it penetrates, it will show you what's in your heart. And you will either deal with what's in your heart with what God has given you. Bring fruit, meat for repentance. You, you, you have to completely repent of what's in your heart. You have to give an account for your deeds. You will be rewarded for the deeds. Amen. The thoughts of your heart and the actions out of the thoughts of your heart. Amen. And so you will either respond for the Lord's side or against the Lord's side. These are spiritual things, yet they are absolute. <laughs> Amen. So I pray that you will consider these things. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for that word, Lord God. Hallelujah. Father, you're not holding anything back of your heart. And for that, I appreciate you, Lord God. You're not holding anything back in these these last days, Lord God, you are revealing the, the contents of your heart so that we could deal with the contents of our heart. I thank you, Lord, that you search the mind and you search the heart. Amen. And that you give to everyone according, according to their deeds, Lord God. We want to be sincere. We want to be real. Father God, let this word touch many, many people to bring people unto you in Jesus' name. 
Thank you for listening to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. For more information, visit ChristBeGlorifiedMinistries.com and you can also follow us on Facebook under Christ Be Glorified Ministries. Thank you so much and God bless you.